Hey there, welcome to Set List. I'm Denise Lock Hurd, and today's podcast is going to be a great one. Set List is a place where the songs from the soundtrack of our lives takes center stage. Today's episode features a young artist named Claire Perrine. Claire is someone I have mentored for years, and she is up to some musical things that just blow my mind. I can't wait for you to meet her, so here we go. It's your life Here's a front row seat to the circus Feel your whole heart beat Are you nervous? Hold on to me, let's go It's time for the show Hi, Claire Perrine. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Doing good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to um, tell everyone just a little bit of a backstory about you in front of you. Isn't it fun to have someone talk about you while you're there? Um, so Claire Perrine has been my students for, oh my goodness, Oh, it's been many, many years. Yeah, 10, maybe? Yeah, that's my guess. Like Close to 10 years. So we go way back, for sure. Claire is 16, and she just released um, her first EP called The Deeper Meaning. It's on all the platforms if you want to check her out, but we'll put all that stuff in the show notes so you can link to her music. But we're going to start by talking about her backstory a little bit back in the day. So before you met me, you had a life <laughs> and you had a physical life. So what was your, what was your music um, history before we started working together? Well, I always loved singing. I would always sing all the time. I wanted to pick up piano and I wanted to learn guitar more piano than guitar guitar was a little later and violin and flute, but those were you know uh, but before meeting you I did piano lessons with other people but I didn't find them enjoyable because we would go through like the Suzuki book and I just wanted to play Katy Perry you know where I was at great and we did play Katy Perry we did Roar. Roar was kind of like epic for a while. Um, and then, but my favorite one that we did probably ever was the Pink song. What? Just Like Fire. Yes. That was a good one. That was a great one. And that was quite a while ago. That was, that was probably a solid eight years ago. I don't even know when it came out, when that song was released. So oh, I know that Just Like Fire came out when... Uh, I think Allison through the looking glass. I think that was sort of what it was kind of about. And I was in lower school at the time. I know that. So singing was probably the first like awareness that you had of music happening. And then yeah. that took you into all your different areas. And then when we started working together, my method is definitely let all my students do the music they love. 
So we did a lot of that, but I would say from early on, you were also writing songs. Yeah, I, I always growing up thought, oh, well, I want to be like a singer. I'm good at singing. And I wanted to make my own thing and dabble in different chords and, you know, write songs. Was I great at it? No, but you know. <laughs> well, we all learn. And it's so funny because you'll, in a few years, after you've released a couple of more EPs, you'll go back and listen to the one you just released. And you'll, your whole life, you're going to think the same thing. You're going to think the last thing you did was the best thing you did. And it's usually true. So, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, um, so instrumentally you and I did, I guess what you could call it. It wasn't traditional. Um, we started with really the theory behind everything and just had you playing songs by the chords and inversions and, and all of those type of things. Is there any other part of what we did together early on that hangs in your memory at all? Um, honestly, the most important part was we never picked up a book and said, let's go through the book. And that's a lot different than a, than other um, music teachers I've seen is they'll be like, oh, read the Suzuki, do your practice. And it was more like, what song do you want to learn today? And it really helped me a lot because I was, I was growing and I was actually enjoying what I was playing. Also, the keys to every key. <laughs> a little advertisement for my, my book. I, I've used it so much that it's like bent, but <laughs> when I get into a key, I can just look it up and I feel like, oh, these are all the notes in it and stuff. So it, it really helps with, you know, figuring out chords and whatnot. Well, and I feel like um, from an early time of us working together, what I always loved about what we do is it feels like a treasure hunt somewhat. Um, and that's why I do love listening to songs with you guys and kind of going from that perspective. And I feel like you were already in that mindset. So let's talk about the music that you were influenced by from early to now, because it definitely has changed. Has. What's your earliest influence you can remember, or maybe just some song that you got crazy about and oh. wouldn't stop singing it? My goodness, there are so many songs. I know when I was really young, Love Me Like You Do by Ellie Golding was a good one. I was... I was listening to the radio 24-7. It was uh, 107.5 The River or I-1067, and I was heavily influenced by pop um, artists like Charlie Puth um, and just, yeah, a lot of that music. I listened to a lot of rock growing up, but that I was never really into rock, and now a lot of my influence is like EDM, um, really figuring out, I really figured out that uh, in ninth and 10th grade, that's when I really started to understand, okay, it's not pop, it's EDM that I like. It's just like an electronic version of pop. Do you feel like part of what interests you more about EDM than pop 
is the action in the tracks or what what would be the main element a lot of it comes down to chords and rhythm because when i listen to pop it's like there's not a lot to it there are some that are really good like charlie Puth, great artist i love all his songs but edm just it almost has more to it and there's more movement and rhythm and the chord choices can be beautiful and that's the most about edm and i can just jam out to it i do feel like the even in your production all the layers have loops built in and i feel like that feeds you a lot yeah and i love having like arpeggiators the idea of a lot of moving parts coming together to create like a synthetic sound that's also something that i like and edm you dive more into different sounds and instruments it's not just like acoustic drums and then singing you know also i love beats that are like like that i can just bop my head to every day so let's talk a little bit about recording and your history with that um so before the podcast started we were talking a little bit about it and trying to guess when you started you garage band was your first exposure to to like software would you say oh definitely i would when i was younger i would go onto the garage band app and i i would either it was one of two things either i recorded my voice on the auto-tune filter and tried to make it sound good because my vibrato makes the auto-tune really whack or i would take the live loops which were pre which are pre-made like tracks of different instruments and I would stack them on top of each other until it makes a mosh pit of sounds that work together. Yeah. We call it something like California beaches or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So you were using your iPad and your phone, would you say for that? iPad, if I were to go back onto my, um, my like old iPad, I would have a lot of songs on there. And when I figured out you can take, uh, you can have like automatic where it goes on forever and it doesn't just end. I was like, oh my goodness, I can make my own song with this. Then you started, you switched to doing GarageBand on the, on the computer and your big setup here behind, but behind you right now, you're in what software? I'm in Logic. But imagine GarageBand was copied and pasted into a new software system and you just put a little extra bells and whistles on it. That's basically Logic. And it's nice because transferring over from GarageBand to Logic was super easy. When you started doing GarageBand on your computer setup, that's kind of when you guys, you and your parents started investing in equipment. Yes. Let's talk about the project. These songs probably what how long ago was the first song that you wrote that's on this the EP? Yeah. The first song that I worked on was Gray Yellow. After that was um To Be Free or Freedom. I forgot if I named it. I think I named it Freedom. Uh and then the third one was Around and Around. 
the song that I finished pretty much completely first was more like Freedom. Freedom was really easy. I got it done in like a day practically, like two days. Around and Around was really quick and Grey Yellow took forever. Uh, it took forever, but you know what? All that effort paid off because it's one of my it's my favorite song on there. Yeah, I think it's my favorite too. So a big shout out to Claire Perrine for coming on Set List Podcast. We will have another episode, but I want to go ahead and play um, one of her part of one of her tunes so you get a little taste of what she's all about musically. Also, be sure to check out the show notes, and there's uh, some links in there where you can check out her music on all the platforms. Thanks again, Claire. Just a reminder, Claire recorded the tracks, played the instruments, did the vocals, wrote the song. So, um, pretty cool. Check it out. Y'all have a good day. And this is Around and Around by Claire Perrine. Candy, flashing colors, loud noises, no focus, life is spinning, getting dizzy, but it's okay, kind of feels great riding on this Ferris wheel, round and